Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Looks like the sun's up over the mountaintop. Really pretty out there today. And welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. I want to take a minute to invite you out to Whitfield's. Uh, give us a call here in the program, though, 602-277-5827. You know, we end up at the end of the show. It's kind of hard to get in. We've got about an hour left, and uh, whatever your dreams, aspirations, problems, or if you got solutions, we'd love to hear from you. The number to call. 602-277-5827. Next up, we got Randy and Mesa, but after Randy, it could be you in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Randy. Hey. Yes, sir. So um, I uh, we planted everything that we've planted. We've really been fortunate. Uh, everything's growing great, uh, like 20 ficus trees and two uh, citrus trees, orange trees, but two lemon trees. Um, that I planted at the same time. They're, they're only been in the ground about a year and a half. And all the leaves are yellow. And now, as of this morning, they're starting to fall off. What am I doing wrong with the lemon trees? Um, Randy, what size were they that you planted? The, they were, I bought them at Costco. They were like little baby lemon trees. Yeah, I would check to make sure you didn't plant them too deep. And uh, aside from that, did you wrap the trunks to protect them from the sun? Um, it it came with like a, a, a wrapper around it, and so that's still in place. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, I just treated them just like I did the orange trees. The only difference is that the orange trees are shaded somewhat by the house, and the lemon trees tend to get the afternoon sun. Well, the lemon tree should be fine in the afternoon sun. Randy, we grow, uh, we've got about 700 acres of them growing here in Arizona. And um, so they they actually do pretty well. But anyway, here's what you want to do. Go out and dig around the tree and make sure you didn't plant it too deep. Make sure that the root ball is is basically at the surface and open up that well. How are you watering? Um, I was up until like a month ago. I was watering on a drip system twice a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've cut that back to once every 10 days. And that should be plenty with the weather we've had. Um, you know, so you want to dig down, make sure that the, the root ball, okay, the little container that thing came in, that you can find the the soil that was in the container. You didn't cover it up with dirt, okay? And then the, the citrus trees, they like to get dry in the wintertime in between irrigations. So... If it's still wet, there's no reason to water it every 10 days. But, uh, you know, it's going to start to get warmer, and it's, the days are getting longer, so it'll dry out more. But uh, then you can fertilize it lightly, and you could use citrus food or 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer. Or 10, 10, 10. It doesn't matter what you feed it with, miracle grow, And um, if you go ahead and feed it and feed it lightly once a month, it should start to pop a lot of new growth out here in the next month. But it definitely wants to get dry in between irrigations. And more so than trees like you described, like ficus and those kinds, you know, those trees really um, don't want to, uh, you know, they can stay very wet, but the citrus doesn't want to be. In the wintertime, it needs to be drier. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks, Randy.
Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Vinny and Surprise. But after Vinny, we've got open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Vinny. Hey, there. What's up? Another day in paradise. Hello? Yeah, Vinny, you're live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a uh, fig tree. Mm-hmm. I'm only getting leaves on the very top of it. Well, Vinny, right what now I it, do it, it it could be completely bare because of the winter weather. You know, this time of year yeah, it's but, a little cool for figs to grow. Yeah, I know, but even last year, uh, I only I when I got the figs, everything was on the very top of it. Well, so the tree I needs to even, get a little happier, a little healthier. And uh, one thing fig trees like is they like cow manure, Vinny, and it's a perfect time of year to feed them with cow manure. How how big is your tree? How long has it been planted? Uh, I don't know. It's five or six years. But I have it in a grow in one of those bags, mm-hmm. those grow bags. Okay. I don't have it on in the ground. Do you have room and to plant it in the ground, Vinny? No, not really. You know, it's probably just used up kind of everything it has in the grow bag. What I would do, it might not even be practical for you to get the, the, um, the steer manure, but go ahead and buy some blood meal, okay? And it's going to come in a little, like a five-pound bag, all right? And Okay. And then get a balanced fertilizer. And actually, a pretty good one that's slow release is Osmocote. And Osmocote will last. The nice part about using Osmocote, it'll last for about 90 days. But, you know, your, your little tree's just running out of juice in that container. And fig trees have a pretty extensive root you know, root system as they get bigger. So you're going to have to kind of spoon feed it. And you can do that easiest with that Osmocote because the Osmocote is going to be a slow release that's going to constantly okay. be feeding it. So if you would this time of year, you could, if you get a bag of cow manure, you can, you know, put like a shovel in there and work it in the top. That will help a lot. But uh, the secondary thing is a long, you know, a long-term fertilizer program. So something like that Osmocote where you put it on the slow release and you put it on about every 60 to 90 days. And then it's going to have more nutrients to feed on and it'll have a chance to fill in and put out more foliage. But, you know, the problem is they get limited by the amount of root size they have. And so that's why it's not holding as many leaves or probably putting out as many figs. Okay. Osmocote and blood meal. Osmocote and blood uh, meal. Okay, and then uh, cow manure. Yeah, thank it, you. You don't. You could use the cow manure or the blood meal. You don't have to use them both. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Vinny. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, James in Goodyear. Good morning, James. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. Yeah, I have a. I'm building a new house starting in March, breaking ground, and I would really like to get my fruit tree citrus established. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I get the lot level. Mm-hmm. Sometime around March, can I start putting them in, or is that too late? Uh, no, it's not too late. In fact, you know, really, James, I would recommend unless you're going to be there all the time, it might be better to wait and go ahead and plant them a little later on, because um, you're going to have construction going there on the site. Yes, I am. And and how much? Uh, I mean, if they're going to be anywhere near construction, I would be fearful of contractors and things uh, running them over. Or I would also be a little bit mindful of the fact that you might not get as much care as they would, you know, like. And typically when we plant our citrus orchards, um, not necessarily by design, but by reality, we end up planting most of our groves in the summer in June. 
because we are so busy with the rest of our nursery projects that we don't get around to planting them until June. And the last last you know grove I planted was 22 acres, and we lost two trees in 22 acres of citrus. So uh, you can plant them very successfully with citrus in the heat. So I wouldn't worry about the so citrus I, planting them then at all. So I can't I can plant them in May. June and it'll be okay then. Absolutely, not too late. Absolutely, not a problem at all. And the thing about it is, is that you know, then then you can be there, and there won't be other people that could possibly run them over, or damage them. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen in construction. Okay, all right. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, James. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Javier. But after Javier, we've got open lines. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven K T A R. Good morning, Javier. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, my wife wants to punish me and put grass in my front yard. And <laughs> I, well, I haven't hey. had <laughs> Javier with. I with, haven't had a lawn in seven. Our wall since I bought the home seven years ago, and it's probably been twenty years since anything's grown up there. Well, just tell her it's that with got, with punishment comes reward, Javier. You know, there's always a trade off <laughs> somewhere, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what do I need to do? I I got to level the yard, so I'm going to add about four inches of topsoil. Okay. Um, but what should I put in the the dirt when I get it dumped off to get it ready to take grass? Javier, is the I mean, uh, is it granite there now, or what's there now? Uh, it's 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 quarter minus. Okay. On top of uh, a weed barrier. Okay, so you're going to pull up the weed barrier. Yeah. Okay, and you can you can work the quarter minus back in. That'll be fine. So okay. and just and, and what you want to get, you don't want to get one of these pre-mixed potting soil kind of things, you know, or some kind of garden. What you want to get is true silt, okay, or true loam, like a sandy loam uh, soil. Okay. So you don't really want to have a lot of organic material in with it because what happens if you're mixing that organic material in? It's going to make it more difficult to keep your lawn, you know, even as it's spread out. And uh, if you've got a way to till it in or, or, or mix it, you know, if you took the the loam soil and mixed it in with that granite, it'll make a really nice soil to grow a lawn on. It'll drain well, and you'll have, you know, a good good time growing it that way. The other thing I would probably add would be some gypsum. And, uh, you know, gypsum is uh, something that just helps everything perk and drain better. So if it hasn't really, you know, had any water on it for a long time, that'll help it to drain better. If you want to mix some organic material into it, um, you can. But it um, it's going to be a little tricky when you mix an organic material like a mulch or a compost to make sure you get it even enough. So I probably wouldn't even worry about that. I would let the lawn kind of build its own culture as it goes after you plant it. You're going to put in sod? Uh, I'm going to do a sod island and then around it different patches of uh, different grasses. So I, I don't know yet quite. The, the, the designing stage. That's the other <laughs> I got I to gotta design the yard. <laughs> well, that makes it kind of fun heavier, but um, yeah. So anyway, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some citrus on the side. Three citrus trees that I've had mm-hmm. um, that I got to plant. Um, can the grass get within a foot of the citrus tree, or do I have to have like a three foot barrier around those? Oh no, not at all. You know, like like in our house where we have flood irrigation, um, you know, our citrus uh-huh. grow right in the lawn, and um, so it, it doesn't hurt. And, and basically, as the citrus mature. Then the you know it's not going to have grass all the way to the tree, and that's just kind of how it is. And a lot of irrigated you know yards, 
But um, right. no, you don't have to have a specific border. You don't have to hold the grass away from the citrus trees. Um, but it would be probably easier to maintain the lawn if you did keep it separate. So if you kind of limit your lawn space and put in some type of a border, whether you use extruded concrete or steel, there's a lot of different kind of border products, but use a separate border to hold the grass away. It'll be easier to maintain the lawn. And you'll use less water by limiting the lawn size, too. So it's probably more practical just to kind of limit or border the lawn as you put it in. But, you know, Javier, if you want help with it, just come down to one of our nurseries. We'll help you lay it all out, too. Do you got a design a design team down there? Well, we've got a lot of people with a lot of experience designing stuff, Javier. It's uh, at any one of our stores. We've got, uh, you know, a, a lot of us have been there twenty and thirty and forty, and some of us fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, excellent. Thank you so much for that. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll look forward to that. All right, thanks, Javier. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, let's see. We need to take a short break. And while we're gone, we do have two lines open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. It's Brandon and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Eleanor picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been. Lives in a dream. Waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is it for? All the lonely people. But do they all come from? Writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear No one comes near Look at him working Darting his socks in the night when there's nobody there What does he care? I heard him say All the Welcome back, folks, to this beautiful Sunday morning. We do have three lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. There's a lot of ways to sing a song. Anyway, Donovan, uh, Donovan in Phoenix. Good morning, Donovan. Hey, unlike the last caller, I'm actually very excited about putting a lawn back at my house. <laughs> in the desert, and any change from dirt and cactus is welcome. <laughs> well, my whatever you enjoy. Is, my question is, I, 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 the house I own used to have a couple of eucalyptus trees, and one of them died. One of them just got so big it was going to drop a limb on the house, so we got rid of it. I'd like to put in some smaller trees, maybe one or two. I'd really like to have a type of uh, fruit-bearing tree that doesn't brew, uh, bear fruit mainly looking for the blossoms. I'd really like to do something like a cherry blossom tree, but I, from what I've read, they're really hard to do without the freeze. Um, do you know of anything like that I could put in? But do you want a deciduous tree? Do you want an evergreen? Um, 
haven't really made that decision. I don't want citrus. Okay. I mean, my neighbors have citrus trees, and I'd, I'd really like a, a cherry blossom tree. Well, there are flowering That's peaches that you can plant. And, and okay. um, you know, or what you can, well, the, the, the higher chill peaches might not even bloom here, so you won't fix okay. the problem that way. Um, but there's like a Texas redbud or an Oklahoma redbud. It has a beautiful okay. flower. It's not a very long bloom cycle, but the Oklahoma especially has a very bright, glossy green foliage on it. That's really pretty. Or if you go, if you want something that's just going to flower for a long season, you can go to back to something like a desert willow tree. And a desert okay. willow tree will flower here, especially like a bubba if you want a bigger tree. Uh, it'll flower here seven months a year. So okay. instead of having that, that little bloom cycle that's short, like a like a stone fruit, you could have a very extended bloom cycle. And a tree that, you know, if it's going to be by a lawn that we, we grow a lot of are Hong Kong orchids. And a Hong Kong orchid, well, it has a big tree that, you know, is best in a lawn because that way you mow and pick up the leaves that fall. And it drops leaves uh-huh. and flowers several times a year. But it has giant pink flowers. And they'll okay. be in bloom around the valley here shortly. And the probably the best flowering tree of, of a fruit tree here would be a flowering pear, like a Kawakami pear. And that's a medium-sized okay. tree that uh, can almost stay evergreen, but has a beautiful white flower. You'll see them blooming around town here in the next three or four weeks. It'll be the first tree to bloom, and they'll be in okay. bud here really soon. So that would be another option. So there, there's quite a few options, really, in flowering trees. And uh, whether you want to grow fruit or just, you know, more of a pure flowering tree, uh, there's some real I, good options. More of a pure flowering. Yeah, I see my, my 70-year-old neighbors out picking up grapefruit and oranges <laughs> all the time. And I just I feel bad for them. I end up going and picking them up for them. And I'm doing so much work in his yard, I don't want to do a lot of work in mine. Well, I'll tell you, we have, we have a solution there, though. We, had a, we, we planted this grove of these seedless lemons down at our farm in Hyder. And I uh-huh. thought it was going to be the cat's meow, so I put in 20 acres of these seedless lemons. But now we call them the sensimia sin fruta. Not only do they not have <laughs> seeds, they don't have any fruit. And uh, so we've got these beautiful, if you want a big, you know, beautiful citrus tree that will flower and produce almost no fruit, we've, we've got them. <laughs> and, uh, and they're really nice. I've got them in 48-inch boxes, and I got 2,200 of them. And, uh, but, uh, well, I'm only looking for two. Well, they're a beautiful tree and a citrus that has no fruit. I, if they had fruit, they'd still be in the grove. I'd be picking them right now. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll have they'll have maybe you know a dozen lemons on them on a big tree and uh, okay the, they weren't very practical but it does give you an evergreen tree and the nice part about lemons versus other citrus is lemons can bloom a little bit in the fall but they'll typically bloom here from next month all the way through April or May. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Daryl and Mason. After Daryl, we've got open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTER. Give Brandon a call. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what you want to grow, or maybe what you want to get rid of. Good morning, Daryl. Yes, good morning. I have a question about a lemon tree. I want. I have a large lemon tree. I live here in Mesa. And I was wondering how severe I could cut that back. It's getting pretty big. And uh, kind of cut it back to like uh, six or seven feet high and let it, let it come back. Absolutely. Or... How big is it now, Daryl? Oh, it's it's been uh, it's an old tree. It's, uh, I, I don't know. It's probably 15 feet high. Okay. And um, it's loaded. 
loaded with lemons. <laughs> yeah, so you you absolutely can cut it back like that. Um, and you can just prune the whole tree back next month. You know, actually, yeah. about two weeks from now. You know, next month's almost here. And prune it back. If you're going to prune it back that far, uh, if you're not going to leave any foliage on it, you know, if you're going to prune it all the way back to the wood, what I would yeah. suggest is one of two options. Okay, one option is you leave like the top center branches, you know, maybe 20% of the tree up in the top and the center. You leave those alone and cut all the side branches back. And when those buds all pop out on the side branches, then cut the center off. And that'll happen in about, you know, six weeks or so. And that way it can come back and, and fill back in faster. And that would be the mm -hmm. ideal way. If not, what you'd want to do is when you cut it back, you'd want to go ahead and paint all the wood white so it doesn't sunburn. Okay. Uh, how much should I water, water well, it? The, I'm big, wondering... the big citrus yeah. like that, this time of year, you know, we haven't watered our grove for uh, going on four or five weeks right now. And uh, this oh. depends on depends on the rain and the weather and different things. But, you know, we've actually had out at our farm in East Mesa, we've had, you know, three inches of rain right between Christmas and New Year. So we got a big and plus it was wet before that. And we have pretty heavy soil, which a lot of Mesa does. And so mm -hmm. it retains a lot of water. So from that standpoint, you know, we pretty much haven't watered it. And we're trying to get our navels to sweeten up. And the ground's wet. The navels aren't as sweet. So that's why we're kind of not watering and holding back on it. Um, but at any rate, you know, for, for an established big tree like that in Mesa with most soils, you're going to water them once a month in the wintertime and once every two weeks in the summer. All right. But when you water, when you water, you got to water deep. You want the water to go down two or three feet deep and out as wide as the tree is. Oh, it's, uh, probably, I don't know. It's fine. 10 feet wide, probably, or, yeah. or better, well, maybe 12. Yeah, you can prune it back, you know, kind of however you want to. Next month's the time. And uh, have fun, Daryl. Thanks for the call. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we're going to come back with Karen, Tom, Mark, and then uh, Thomas, I think, in Phoenix, <laughs> right after we find out what's happening here with the news with Mr. Jeff Munn on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Kramer this morning for my friend John. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, next up, we have Karen in Phoenix. Hi, Karen. Hi, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. 
My question is, I would like to plant a tree by my swimming pool. Now, I don't think it's going to directly affect the plumbing, but because it's by the swimming pool, I don't want anything real messy. But at the same time, I want a canopy because it's like, love thy neighbor, plant a tree. (laughs) Okay. So you're really looking for some shade for some area around the pool? Well, it's not really shade. It's it's to uh, like I said, love thy neighbor. Okay, a little screening. Okay. Kind of hide the guy behind me. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, well, there's two options. I mean, there's evergreen and deciduous, okay? And deciduous are absolutely clean. It's something like a, a Fantex or Fan West Ash or a pistachio. And the nice part about those is they're really dense all summer. And uh, really, you're going to shed nothing except for once a year in the spring. Uh, when they shed their leaves, like in January. I mean, call it spring, but, you know, right now it's when they shed their leaves. So those would be deciduous, and, and all summer they'd be very clean. Um, and then if we go into the evergreens, then we're going to have things that are going to shed at different times. How large do you need to be, Karen? Uh, I'd like a, you know, I have a, um, uh, what is that, a desert willow that has a beautiful canopy, mm-hmm. uh, like that type of a canopy to, to try to, like I said, it's it's kind of like a, unless it's some, you say don't plant a tree, plant a bush, mm-hmm. it's to build a tall fence. Well, you know, another thing we use a lot of for tall fences anymore are live oak trees. And live oaks make live a, oaks? yeah, they're, they're a nice dense canopy. They get a little bit thin, you know, in March whenever they drop their leaves. Whenever they're putting out new foliage is when they drop their leaves. But the rest of the year, they're they're pretty dense. And uh, you can start off with a reasonably large size one. They're not going to grow the fastest, but they're a nice screen. And they don't freeze. They don't burn. You know, they're pretty hardy and overall going to be pretty clean by a pool. Okay, perfect. And they don't have a deep root system because I'm kind of worried about the plumbing as they're, well. They're not going to hurt your plumbing. I mean, they have a root system wherever you water them. Oaks are, uh, uh-huh. you know, pretty efficient. There's a lot of different varieties of oaks, but the live oaks are, you know, pretty efficient at gathering water. But uh, as long as you water them deep on a cycle, like weekly, they'll be very healthy and okay. happy and uh, shouldn't cause you any problems at all. But that would give you an evergreen option. You know, there's always trees like ficus, but the problem with ficus, they shed a lot. So you're going to have a lot more litter. Okay. okay? Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Tom and Scottsdale. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. <clears throat> Brian, a question for you about figs, like a mission fig. Do they attract rats, the root rats? You know, I really haven't ever had a, you know, I've, I've got a big fig tree in my backyard, and I've dealt with rats. And I've never noticed the rats eating the figs. I'm sure they will. You know, the thing with rats is they're opportunistic feeders. They're going to eat anything that's edible, and they can eat all kinds of things. They'll even eat mice. But, um... You know, so I would I would not say that a rat, if you have a lot of rats around, wouldn't eat figs. I'm sure they will. And I know they like dates, and they like they don't eat lemons, but they like you know oranges and grapefruits. But um, at yeah, any I rate, I, I haven't planted it yet, but I'm thinking about it. It just seems like a fruit that they would like, and I don't want to have to deal with them. Well, you know, in my own house, we have a big fig tree, and I've never noticed them. Eat, you know, the birds are going to get them before they do. <coughs> You know, yeah, the, sure. bir- the birds are up there, and, you know, the birds, as fast as they ripen, the birds got all day, you know, to sit around. Yeah. And so if you have a fig like a Mission Black, which is prolific, you're still going to get a lot of fruit. But um, Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then one, one last question, uh, more of a uh, nature question. Mm-hmm. When I drive from Gila Bend over to Yuma, why is it I don't see any cactus all the way along Highway 8 for those hundred miles, whatever that is. Well, it's because, well, first off, you're not off the road. There are cactus there. 
Okay. And okay. I'll, I'll tell you a cute story, Tom, is that, you know, that's kind of where our farm is in Hyder, and we have one there in Aztec, and we have the trees there in Dateland. But, um, oh, it's been probably seven or eight years ago now. We had a heavy rain, and it rained four inches twice there in the summer. And that whole desert came up solid with choyas. It germinated, and they grew to about a height of about three or four inches. And uh, uh-huh. when they got about three or four inches, then the summer came, and the next summer. And they, this all happened in the fall and the spring, and the next summer they all died. But if you go out and hike around in there, you'll see a lot of, a lot of cactus and uh but it's a lot of different varieties. You don't see the big saguaros because it doesn't typically get as much rainfall and it doesn't support them. But as you go off north of the road there uh, to like where we're at in Hyder, it's really beautiful. And if, if you ever want to just make a loop drive, if you just get off at Sentinel and you loop around and go straight uh, north of Sentinel, um, yeah. that desert in there, if you've ever been to Kona, Hawaii, looks a lot like Kona, especially in the spring. So if you happen really? to be going to San Diego in March or April, uh, take a little turn off the road. You'll be surprised how beautiful it is, all the black lava rock and, 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 you know, beautiful ironwood trees and Palo Verde trees. Yeah, I'll try that. I just think it's kind of stark. There's no, along the eight there, you don't see any cactus at all. Where other, you know, other places you see them everywhere. Well, it's rainfall and soil, you know, and it just happens to be where that road goes through. Um, but no, when you, when you get off the road there and if you actually, if you have a wet year, it's amazing what grows in that desert. And Tom, I, I, okay. I just got a little reminder from, from my, uh, my better half that, you know what? She says the rats do eat the figs in my tree. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I'm just not okay. very, I'm just not very attentive, Tom. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good tip. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Oh, let's see. Next up, we got Mark and Glendale. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How you doing, Brian? Excellent. Hey, um, I got a place up in Overgard, and I would like to get some fast-growing, um, seasonal, colorful trees. Um, I got 60 feet on one side of my driveway and about 40 on the other. It's, uh, I think I said, I don't know if I told you, 6,800 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you recommend as far as a fast-growing, um, deciduous, beautiful fall, or when, when, when they do it, um, foliage the leaves turning and then how many trees would you say on the 60 foot side and how many on the 40 foot side and how far apart um watering schedule to start and maybe then the maintenance watering schedule after they're established mark let me ask you how you gonna keep the elk out what oh (laughs) yeah yeah um I got a. I actually put a, a chain link fence around, so they. Well, it's only four foot high, so they actually could get over. They're, they're going to mark. The, you know, they're, they're going to go right over and eat pretty much most of the deciduous <laughs> trees. When you put them up there in Overgard, they're going to eat them. And yeah. I don't mean to discourage you, but you know, I, I unless you're willing to put up an eight foot fence up at our farm up in Taylor, uh, we decided to leave the elks half, and we're we're taking half back. And so what we did is we put up an eight foot game fence, okay? And it's like a it's like an animal wire fence, only it's eight feet tall. And that seems to be pretty effective. But unless you're willing to do something like that, I think most of your colorful deciduous trees there are going to be devoured. Hmm. Okay. You well I, I actually because I'm retiring, I'm gonna be up there quite a bit now. Mm-hmm. So, well you'll, you'll still have uh, to fence them out because you don't want to wrestle an elk. <laughs> They're pretty well, big. Maybe all one. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, everywhere else is eight foot except for the front, and I I don't have a problem with with putting an eight foot up there. Um, 
But anyway, let's just say I would. What uh, what would you recommend as far as species go? Well, you can a lot a lot of the flowering fruit trees. Okay, so you can get flowering peaches, flowering crab apples uh, that will have beautiful flowers, and then get some color too. And then you could use a lot of the maples. And the maples, uh, you don't want the real delicate types of maples, but there are maples that will do you know much better there. And and your best right. bet though would be to stop and hit the nursery in Star Valley on the way up. That or go right. that or go all the way up to Sholo. And there's two or three nice little nurseries there in Sholo that are are very professional and give you the most you know knowledge. I'm not going to recommend right. one over the other because I you know they're friends. <laughs> but uh, right. but there are some pretty pretty darn good nurseries there in Sholo and the one in Star Valley, and uh, and, go, they'll, and they'll have the right varieties for you. I go by that Star Valley one all the time. I've I've been meaning to stop. I never have, but I will now. Yeah, no, it's it's a pretty complete nursery there, and like I say, and then it's not you know far. You're only forty five, well, probably half an hour from Sholo, so you know you right, can bop right, up to right. Sholo there too. And and uh, you know the yeah. best time when they're going to have the most availability is going to be in the spring, like April or May. Right, right. All right, buddy, I appreciate the information. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Uh, next, we got Thomas in uh, Phoenix. Hello, Thomas. Good morning. Morning. Uh, so my question is, I, I put a poll in about eight months ago, um, had it over the summer. About uh, Around October, I had artificial grass put in around the pool. Um, there's no no border. It's just directly right up against the, the, uh, the pool to the brick wall. Mm-hmm. And this winter, I'm seeing a lot of effervescent on my brick walls. Is that is that caused by the artificial grass not having a barrier between that and the wall? Um, you know, I don't know that there'd be a reason to. You might, I, I, it might have some, you know, moisture basically soak it up on the wall, and I could see that happening. Is it the north side of the wall, Tom? It's actually the east and west side of the wall. Is it? Yeah. Um. Yes. You know, unless you had a water source in there or something that's, you know, somehow that's, but you're going to have. Well, Go ahead. There, there, there's no leaks uh-huh. anywhere. Um, I just, I'm just surprised the amount of, uh, you know, effervescent that's just showing on the brick wall in the wintertime. I haven't had a summer to see if it does it in the summer yet, or if it's just some type of winter thing. Well, okay. Now you're saying effervescent. So, so what you're meaning is the wall looks damp, or the wall has like salt? Yeah, on it. it's it, it's like it's it sponged up. It's yeah, soaking water. And that, and you know, and that's going to happen. And you know, we've had fairly decent rains. And if you're in a clayer type soil, you know, it can certainly run down. If it slopes to the wall, uh, the, the artificial turf is going to help hold some moisture in the soil. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. So, hey, I like your rooster, Thomas. <laughs> Take care. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Nancy in uh, Sun City's up next. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Uh, I have a question about my tipu tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, we planted it in uh, 2016, and I'd say maybe two, three years in, I was told it had bores, and I had to use a systemic on it. And uh, since then... I, I noticed the first couple of years, I think the pattern is just once a year they lose their leaves. Isn't that around March, April sometimes? Well, and they can stay evergreen, too, to a certain point. Oh, okay. Well, uh, right now it's January, and I have some yellowing leaves again. Uh-huh. Uh, and so does that mean I gave it another systemic shot? Because last year in January I had to do it. 
the well, leaves are starting Ka- to Well, Kathy, well, the leaves are changing because of the weather. The days are short and the temperatures oh, are cool. Oh, okay. That's why they're changing. Those little round marks you see around the side of the trunk aren't actually yeah. bores. Those are ca- oh. ca- caused by Gila woodpeckers. Okay, and oh. if especially if they go to ring right around the trunk, and they really don't yeah. do any long-term damage to the tree, they're actually sap suckers, so they're just feeding on some of the sap, and they go around okay. in a circle like that. So it's not going to hurt the, not going to really do any long-term damage to the tree. Don't have okay. to treat it, and it's going to okay. get warm one of these days, and it'll get green. If you'll fertilize it the middle of February, first of March, it'll green okay. right up for the summer. Oh, okay, good. Uh, one other question. Is a tipu tree the same as a sitsu tree? No. One comes from oh, India. One, yeah. They're a lot different. Okay. Um, one they make I've guitars the out of, system. though. Well, the root oh, system okay. can be a problem on any tree if it's not water correctly. Do you have yours okay. in lawn or rock, or what's around it? It's in rock. It's in rock. Okay. So just deep yeah. water it, you know, once every okay. two weeks in this time of year, and once okay. a week in the very heat of the summer, starting like mid-June. And okay. it'll grow very healthily if you'll, you know, if you'll fertilize it some now. And okay. it'll really come out with the nice flowers like in May and, and be very happy. Okay. I will do that. And how often should I fertilize it? Well, you know, ideally probably twice a year for sure. But if you want oh, to feed okay. it three times, almost like a citrus, the February. Okay. So we're talking, the you know, basically the, the, the holidays. Yeah. Labor Day, yeah. Memorial Day, Valentine's Day. That's right. Thanks. Okay. Well, good advice. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Bye-bye. Hey, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Kathy and Chandler. But after Kathy and Chandler, we've got three open lines and plenty of time. Give us a call at 602-277-5827. we got Brandon here on the phones and music with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Welcome back, folks. Beautiful morning out there, and, uh, you know, it's uh, a little diversity is not a bad thing. We just have to work together, right? 
especially on a boat. <laughs> Anybody who's been out to sea for any length of time kind of gets that. But anyway, want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. It started with my grandparents back in the 40s. Continuing on today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. Any quantity as well. You know, if you need a 1,000 trees for development, if you've got a use for those big sensimias and fruit to lemons, if you're looking for date palms, Mexican fans, California fans, maybe even something more exotic like a mule palm or maybe you want a little sago palm, whatever you're looking for. When it comes to trees, come out and see us. Just think Whitfields. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured, 15-gallon to 72-inch box. From ironwoods to fruitless olives, we grow them all. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Or 2640 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations. Growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Let's see, back to the phones. Kathy and Chandler, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I was so happy to hear the person just ahead of me. She has a tipu tree also. And my question is about my little tipu tree. A, I was glad to hear that it's the Gila woodpeckers that are eating around my tree. I watch them daily. Uh, my question is, I've had it about four years. And the branches are getting really long and weird and all over the place. Should I have an arborist come in and do some trimming on it? Or should I just let it be? Or should I cut some of the branches? They're just they're just weird looking. <laughs> Kathy, it's up to you. But it sounds to me like they're bugging you a little bit, you know. So whether you want to prune them or you want to hire a professional to come help, either one will work fine. But if you are going to hire a tree trimming company or an arborist or someone else to come prune your tree, what I would really suggest you do is go out and inspect their work before you hire them. Ask them where there's some other tipu trees that they've maintained and go look the way they're pruned and say, hey, I really like the way you've done the work. Or, you know, maybe I'm going to hire somebody else. Or you can show them a tree. Um, you know, that would be the number one preferred way to hire an arborist or tree trimmer. Okay. And so I would just ask them if they've trimmed a, tri- a tipu and go and see how it looks. A- ask them for referrals. Yes. They'll, they'll, you know, any good person that's actually in that business or in any good contractor in any business should be able to give you some very qualified referrals that can say, hey, you know, we love their work and here's what we do. And then and come by, go by and inspect it. Because the hard part okay. with trees is once you prune them away that you don't enjoy, it sounds like you don't like the, you know, the craziness of the tree as it is. And so you want to modify it, whether you do it yourself or you hire or a professional, either way, you want to, you know, come up with a plan on what you want to do to prune the tree. So I would go out and look at some that are pruned. And, and tipus are trees that, uh, you know, you can see in places like Disneyland that are really maintained and pruned all the time. And they'll prune them three or four times a year. And you can have a really cool manicured tree. Or you can go to Long Beach by the, by the um, oh, what's the big boat down there? The Queen Mary, you know. And there's tipu trees down there in that park that are just massive that are old. But they're 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 a pretty cool tree, and uh, and pruning them makes a lot of difference. But just make sure before you hire someone, you see their work. Okay. Second question: the bark on the tree, yeah, the yeah, the bark going up the tree, it looks real raggedy. Is that a normal thing on a tipu? Yeah, they exfoliate. Or is bark. there something? No, worse? that's 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 normal. So they're going to exfoliate. So the bark's going to shed, kind of like what happens on a eucalyptus tree and some other varieties. 
And, um, you know, it's real smooth and green in the young growth. But as they mature, they develop a fairly coarse bark to protect the wood. Oh, so it. Uh, I was wondering, is there some bug in there or something? But it's fine that it looks all raggedy. It's fine that it looks all raggedy. It's pretty natural for the tree. If you go up and you see that it's bleeding sap or something, you could have a boar or an insect in there. And the main thing with the health of trees in general is just good deep irrigation. For a tippy tree, that's once every two weeks in the summer, once a month in the wintertime. But a nice deep and irrigation. So uh, like um, those soakers? Well, you can go a soaker hose. You can use drip emitters, however you want to do it. But you want to get water down to a depth of about three feet and close to as wide as the canopy. So when you irrigate, you want a really nice deep irrigation and then let it dry out in between. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Kathy. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we've got Pat in Phoenix. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. How are you today? I'm great. Getting ready to go golfing. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Nice day for it. Yes, yes. So my question is, I have five oleander trees in my backyard. I, I bought this house three years ago, and the oleanders were just beautiful. One of them died um, this past year, and I don't know if it's because I had a landscaper come up and restake them for me. And he hey, hit a main Pat, root on Pat, it. Pat, you know what? I'm going to have to put you on hold and take you off the air because we're running out of time. But I'll be right back oh, with you, okay? Okay. Hold on. I'll be right back. And Les and Barry, I'll take you off there as well. Folks, hope you appreciated the show. Beautiful day out there. Great day to go golfing, go out exploring, or come by and visit the nursery if you like. And, uh, you know, we're all stuck in the same boat here on this planet. We don't get the option to get a bigger boat. So maybe it's time we you know, get the oars out and row together in the same team if we can't get the wind beneath our sails. At any rate, have a beautiful weekend, and thanks for being part of our program today. And we'll come out and see us at the nursery. Go out and support any of our stores that we're selling all of our citrus at. You can find it at uh, Bashes and the Whole Food City Group, and then you can find it at uh, Sprouts and also at Whole, Food, at Whole Foods. And then we've got the uh, Safeway Albertsons clan. And uh, you can find our organic Meyer lemons most of those places and navels and things coming soon. We'll be back with you next week with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here on 92.3 FM KTAR.